This is the message from Connection Community Church for Sunday, April 23rd, 2017. Restored on the road to Emmaus. Well, good morning, Connection Church. My name is Lori Brown. I am the pastor of spiritual formation here at Connection and a sinner who has been saved by God's grace. Would you pray with me, please? Holy God, we just thank you for this incredible day that you have placed before us. Lord, I thank you for each family and person who is here at this moment. Lord, let us settle in to hear your word. Open our eyes, our hearts, our minds, all that we have, Lord. Open us up to receive the message that you have for each one of us individually. Let us hear and be changed and transformed. And we give this time to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, good morning again. (laughs) So the passage we just heard was from Luke 24. It's a familiar story to many, often called the road to Emmaus. It's one of those stories that occurred after Jesus rose from the dead on that first Easter morning, but before Jesus ascended into heaven 40 days later. Often we say Jesus died, rose, and he ascended into heaven like it all happened on the same day. We don't regularly highlight the fact that Jesus appeared to his disciples in his resurrected body various times over a 40-day period. We read about this as recorded in the opening verses in the book of Acts, which say, in my former book, he's referring to the Gospel of Luke, Theopolis, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day he was taken up to heaven. After giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen. After his suffering, he presented himself to them and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. Say the last line with me. He appeared to them before ascending into heaven over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. So these 40 days of post-resurrection sightings and stories were important for various reasons. The one I want to highlight today is that Jesus needed to mature and solidify the disciples' understanding of who he is by giving them convincing proof that he had in fact resurrected convincing proof would ready them for the journey ahead convincing proof readies us for the journey ahead now we know that even though he told them three times what was going to happen they did not understand an empty tomb by itself 
was not going to be enough evidence for them to believe. It would not have been enough for me either before becoming a believer. What about you? Is the empty tomb sufficient proof for you that Jesus resurrected from the dead? I mean, how difficult would it have been if someone fabricated a lie saying that, you know, someone came during the night, they rolled the stone away, and they stole Jesus' body? And in fact, that's the exact, exactly the story the chief priests and the elders made up to convince people that the resurrection didn't really happen. We read about that in Matthew 28. Now, in this story, there's some soldiers involved, and we'll, I'll get to that in a moment. But in this story, there is no way they wanted the soldiers to testify about what happened while they were guarding the tomb. Here's what the soldiers witnessed. There was a violent earthquake. For an angel of the Lord came down from heaven and going to the tomb, rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning, and his clothes were white as snow. The guards, say it with me, this last line, the guards were so afraid of him that they shook and became like dead men. Wow, that's an incredible testimony. Can you imagine being one of those guards? No wonder they were paid to say that the body was stolen. They couldn't let that truth get out. They already killed Jesus, and now they wanted to squash the soldier's testimony from spreading. You know, last week on Easter Sunday, we discussed the testimony of the women who were the first to witness the empty tomb. Remember, the soldiers are out like dead men. They're the first to witness the empty tomb, and the angel of the Lord, as they're there seeing this, asks them, why are you looking for the living among, or yeah, why are you looking for the living among the dead? He is not here. He is risen. So a question is, is the empty tomb combined with the testimony about the angel that spoke to the women enough evidence for you that Jesus is risen? I'm not sure about me. If the post-resurrection stories had stopped here, it would not have been enough proof for people to believe. We know that because even when the women went and they reported their testimony to the disciples, as we mentioned last week, they didn't believe the women. They didn't believe. Their testimony sounded like nonsense. It was not enough for the two in our story today either. Cleopas and his unknown, unnamed traveling companion either. It was not enough for them who are now heading out of Jerusalem to a village called Emmaus that same day. They had heard all the reports of the things that Easter morning and more. So on the way 
to Emmaus, they were discussing everything that had happened in Jerusalem. As they were talking to each other about it, Jesus himself comes up and walks with them. But we're told they were kept from recognizing him. It's interesting, in these post-resurrection stories, a distinguishing characteristic is that those to whom Jesus appeared, even his closest followers, were kept from immediately recognizing him. It wasn't until they looked a little closer at the things Jesus said, the way he spoke to them, how he said their name, the things he knew, how he taught them, his gestures, his mannerisms, that they knew it was the resurrected Christ who was with him. In Matthew 18.20, Jesus tells us, for where two or three gather in my name, there am I with them. Do we always recognize Jesus when we gather in his name? And if not, what prevents us from knowing he is with us? We are gathered in his name this morning. Have you recognized him yet? As we go along in our story, Jesus asks them what they're discussing together as they walk. This question has the two like stand still on their tracks. Their faces are downcast. They're probably thinking to themselves, we're talking about what everyone else is talking about. What planet are you from? They ask him, are you the only one in Jerusalem that does not know what happened? You know, it's interesting that although they didn't have all these electronic communication devices, text, video, um, Facebook, and everything, the word got around and spread quickly among the people. Jesus acts like he doesn't know what they're talking about. He really wants to hear their understanding, their unedited version of how they explain the events and what they think. He cares about what they think, just like he cares about what you think. Jesus asked them again, what things? About Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. He was a prophet, powerful in word and deed before God and all the people. The chief priests and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death, and they crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. But we had hoped. But we had hoped he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. In their minds, their hope, hope was dashed to pieces when Jesus died on that cross. That's why they were so downcast. They were anticipating an earthly king who would miraculously free Israel from Roman rule. Maybe similar to how Moses freed the people from Egypt. 
So they continue to speak to Jesus. And what is more, it is the third day since all this took place. In addition, some of our women amazed us. They went to the tomb early this morning but didn't find his body. They came and told us what had happened, how they seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. Then some of our companions went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but they did not see Jesus. He, Jesus, said to them, How foolish are you and how slow of heart to believe. He gives them a little rebuke here. How foolish are you and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Did not the Messiah have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. You know, most translations of the Bible add that of heart that's in the brackets in that first line. How foolish are you and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Faith is always, is and always will be a heart thing. We understand with our minds, but we believe in our hearts. Jesus is saying that their hearts were slow to believe. Jesus is saying that to them, how about us? Are our hearts slow to believe? Jesus also recognizes that they have some false beliefs about who Jesus is and how he's going to redeem Israel. Do we or have we had false beliefs and or expectations about God and God's salvation plan for the world? Jesus next opens the scriptures to them, and he gives them a Bible study explaining all the passages. Can you imagine being there? He explains all the passages that point to Jesus. He opens their minds with the scriptures so they can understand that the Messiah had to suffer, die, and be crucified at the hands of sinners, that he would be raised to life on the third day and enter his glory. They needed help. Connecting the dots before they would believe. And many of us do as well. We need help connecting the dots before we believe. Even with all that, it was not enough for the two of them as they traveled with Jesus. It was not enough. Is an empty tomb, stories of angels who said he is risen, and a Bible study explaining why the Messiah had to suffer, die, and be crucified and raised on the third day, convincing proof that Jesus is alive. You know, we're not told the specifics about what Jesus taught the two disciples that day, but I believe that many of those details are in the pages of the New Testament. Jesus shows them how to look back through the pages of the Old Testament to see how he, Jesus, points to and fulfills God's plan 
to save and redeem not only Israel, but the world. God's plan was so much bigger than their immediate hopes of an earthly savior. God's redemption plan is to redeem people from all ages, nations, and races all around the world. So as we can continue on this journey to Emmaus, we're told that as they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus continued as if he were going further, but they urged him strongly, stay with us, for it is nearly evening. The day is almost over. So he went in to stay with them. It's always important to remember that we must invite Jesus in to come and abide with us regularly. Jesus is a gentleman and only comes into our lives and our hearts and our homes when we invite him in. These two offer him hospitality. Come, come in, be with us. When he was at the table with them, he took bread and gave thanks, broke it, and began to give it to them. Then their eyes were open, and they recognized him. And he disappeared from their sight. What's up with that? He disappeared from their sight. They ask each other, were not our hearts burning with us, within us as we talked with us, as he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? Has your heart ever burned within you when you're in Jesus' presence? Is anyone's heart burning this morning? It's in this moment when he took bread, gave thanks, broke the bread, that their eyes were open. They immediately recognized who Jesus was, and then again, as soon as they see him, he disappears from their sight. You know, I believe that one of the reasons why they recognized him in this moment, just before their eyes were open, one of the things they did, they invited him and they sat down with him at the table. They sat down in his presence. They were eye to eye. You know, I don't even know what their conversation was, but I'm, I would have loved to have been there to hear that. It's hard to recognize Jesus when we are constantly on the move. When was the last time you spent and sat down and spent unhurried time to talk with Jesus about what's happening in your life? How often do you sit in his presence? Overall, what it took for the two of them was a series of openings that began with their minds. Then the openings of the scripture. That's another way that we begin to recognize him. 
opening of their hearts. And finally, the opening of their eyes when they sat with him. The convincing proof only came when they had a personal encounter with the resurrected Christ there at the table. That's the only time that convincing proof came. And that is true for us either. That's true for us as well. We have that convincing proof when we sit down and have a personal encounter with Jesus Christ. That is it. When he comes and meets us and opens our heart, our minds, our eyes, and we know it's him. We know that we know that we know. For some of us, it happens faster. For others, it happens slower. For example, my husband Dave and I both had personal encounters but they were very different. In my case, my mind and heart were already open to receive more in God. Already open. Before I came here at Connection, I was unchurched, came here in 2004, my heart was open. Now, it took a lot of years for my heart to get open. It took a lot of heartache for my heart to get open. It took a lot of pain for that to happen. But I'm thankful for it. And here's what happened. Six weeks after me attending Connection, after Dave and I came, I was given the purpose-driven life by uh, my mother. I sat down and I read. I sat down and I read the pages of that, the first seven chapters. And as I sat down and read, my heart burned within me. And then I recognized the resurrected Christ right there within me. I believed in my heart, and I invited Jesus into my life. I believed in my heart before I understood. I didn't, I didn't need to understand. Some of us don't need to understand. I had six weeks of church and seven chapters in a book. My understanding came later as I started to open up the pages of the Bible, as I continued to worship, as I got involved in a small group, there were, that's when my understanding came. So we're all different. We don't have to understand to receive him into our hearts. But we know when he's there, when we have that personal encounter, I knew it. I believed in my heart. In the case of my husband, Dave, who uh, was singing over there, in case you guys don't know that that's Dave and he's my husband, um, he gives me permission to share this as well. There were a series of openings for him that were different. And he believes today in his heart that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, who came to seek and save the lost. But the first opening on the road for Dave was him getting to the point of opening his mind. His mind was closed. The first opening, when he opened his mind to explore what a personal relationship with Jesus might look like. You know, in Alpha, or in September, we're going to have an Alpha program, which is a great way to explore, if you're not sure, who Christ is, who Jesus is. That'll happen in September. And this conversation that Dave and I had, we had a conversation in our kitchen that allowed him to say, okay, I'll check this out. I'll go to the men's Bible study. They're studying the, the Old Testament. I'm good with that because he's Jewish, Jewish background. <laughs> the Old Testament was safe for him. 
Well, what happened is as he was there in that men's Bible study, studying the Old Testament, Bruce Kozak, who is another member of Connection, he was here at the last service back in 2004. Bruce Kozak um, gave Dave his brand new prophecy Bible that he had just bought for himself. Now, Dave didn't, or Bruce didn't buy it for Dave. And it was kind of funny how Bruce tells the story. You can ask him. He says that he argued with God, like, God, I just bought this. I haven't had a chance to read it, and you want me to give it to him? It wasn't until Bruce heard God's voice saying, Dave needs it more than you do, Bruce. As many of you know, I, I just mentioned too also, Dave was raised Jewish. He knew the Old Testament scriptures. It was not until he read Exodus, which is in the Old Testament, the passages from that prophecy Bible that pointed to Jesus and the book of Matthew, which was written to a Jewish audience, that not only did Dave's mind become open, but his heart opened as he sat and read the pages of those things, so much so that it brought him to his knees. He knew in that moment that Jesus was the resurrected Christ, that he is alive, and he invited him into his heart. He understood. All the dots connected. They connected in his mind. They connected in his heart. They connected with the scriptures. It all came together for him, and he understood who Jesus is. So in our story with the two of them, as soon as they recognized the re resurrected Christ, they got up and returned to Jerusalem at once. <clears throat> there they found the eleven and those with them assembled together and saying, It is true! The Lord has risen and has appeared to Simon. Not just has Jesus appeared to the two, but he's also appearing to others. He's already appeared to Simon. Then the two told what had happened on the way and how Jesus was recognized by them when he broke the bread. So these two, these two travelers on the road to Emmaus, they had a series of openings on the way, on the journey, just like God does with us. He, we have openings as we travel on our journey. God has a purpose and a plan for each one of us. You know, they opened their minds. The scriptures were open to them. Their hearts were open. Their eyes were open. And it concluded with their mouth being open. The good news that Jesus is alive is too good to keep to ourselves. It was so important for them to, I bet they ran back to Jerusalem. I know I would have. They ran back. It's too good. Hearing and sharing that testimony about how Jesus has had a personal encounter with you, it's so important for others to hear. It's so important when you share, like even just sharing the story. I hope you guys, you know, of Bruce saying, God, saying, give him the Bible. He needs it more than you. That's Jesus is alive. So a question is, when was the last time you personally encountered 
the risen Christ. Has it been so long that you're even wondering if Jesus is alive? You know, if it's been a long time for you where you've personally experienced, where you have not had that personal encounter, because it's not a one-time encounter. He is alive. He's alive today. He's alive in our lives every single day when we invite him in. You know, if you haven't had that encounter in a while, ask Jesus, what closed for you? Was it your mind? Did you stop opening up the scriptures? Was it your heart that closed because of something that happened? That you can't understand why God would do such a thing? What closed for you? Are you willing to invite Jesus back in? Are you willing to sit in his presence and say, God, I want you back in my life? You know, we are restored on the road. We're restored on the road as we help each other to remain open. Do you know someone who needs your help or an encouraging word to help open them? Does someone need to give you an encouraging word? What's it going to take for you? Has anybody seen the risen Christ recently? Who are you going to share it with this week? Who are you going to tell? Who are you going to tell? And maybe you're like thinking, I haven't seen him recently, but I need to know. Go ask someone. Go ask one of your friends. How have you seen God recently? Ask. Hear that testimony. Know that he's alive. You know, maybe you've never experienced. He's alive. Praise the Lord. (laughs) You know, maybe you've never had that personal encounter. And, you know, today's even an opportunity to invite him in today. You know, maybe you're sitting there and your heart is burning within you. You know, that's Jesus knocking on the door of our hearts. He wants to have that personal relationship with you. You can invite him in right now. You know, there's going to be people back in the prayer corner. You can go back and talk to them um, and just say, it's so, Jesus, come. You know, I believe in my heart. I want you to be my Lord and Savior. Come. This is the Good News Connection Church. Let's live it, let's believe it, and let's pray. Holy God, Father, Jesus, Holy Spirit, Lord, we thank you that you are alive, that you come to each one of us in different ways. Help to continue, open our minds and our hearts and the scriptures and everything to each one of us, Lord. Be with each one of us. Intervene in our lives the way that you need to intervene. Some of us are hurting, Lord. We need, we need some healing. We need your help, your guidance. Help us remember to take time to sit in your presence this week. 
Lord, we just uh, thank you, and we give you all the praise and all the honor and all the glory for all the things that you're doing in our lives and the lives of those around us. Help us be your vessel. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us for our podcast. For more information about Connection Community Church in Middletown, Delaware, please visit our website at justshowup.church. You can also call our church offices at 302-378-7692. Connection Community Church, connecting people with Jesus in the life.